enjoy today's episode with Paul Council. So you continually challenge yourself to go to new places, to, to open up other people's perceptions of, of what's possible for them. Mm-hmm. What blows me away is how many different specific tools you've explored for wealth. You know, like the, you've had a bunch of different kinds of businesses and then you deeply understand a lot of different types of styles of investment. I don't know anyone who speaks across, you know, most people will specialize in real estate or they'll specialize in the stock market or trading or, I, I, you know, I don't see anyone that's um, taken on so many different aspects and then I wouldn't even consider uh, investing to be, it doesn't even seem like that's your main passion. It seems like it's a tool and you're actually really passionate about you know, different ways of, of thinking and educators and, and those sorts of things. Like, why is it, why have you not specialised in the world in a time where everyone's saying, well, niche down and have that one thing, like be the world leader in one thing? Um, Jack of all trades, master of none <laughs> concept is uh, popping up there. Uh, um, I think partially that uh, comes from uh, being an intuitive for a start. And um, wanting to explore things at the level, at a level that I'm actually capable of doing. And so I don't know what that level is until I actually go and do it. But I could never, so, so I was a, um, a potter for, you know, 15 odd years, but I could never, ever, ever, uh, do I have the skill set for it? Yes. Can do my hands make similar? Could my hands make similar things? Yes. But I could never ever be what they call a production potter, who makes the same things over and over and over and over again. You know, so you make X amount of things for galleries, and you you do orders for people, and you make plates and and coffee mugs and bowls and and things like that. Um, I always wanted to explore what was almost impossible to make on a potter's wheel. Um, and so one shape, you know, has taken, I can, I can show you the shape where it started and I can show you the shape that it is now when I finished. I haven't been a potter for, since 1999. Um, but again, it was always doing the almost impossible and, you know, looking for ways where you can actually achieve that outcome. And so it's the same as, as the share market. Once you actually understand the share market, it's, it's got its uses. But it's, it's, it's you know, my, my brain, my, that intuitiveness, that exploration um, part of it, will then want to go on to the next one, next one, next one. Now, the other part of that story is that when you stand in front of a group of people and they say that, they want to learn something from you. If I was a specialist, that group of people would be very, very narrow. And so you wouldn't actually get a breadth of anything. You would get somebody who, who, who maybe just wants that traditional form of more money. Um, but if they ask you a question and you don't know the answer to that, then the last thing that I want to do is say that, that I don't know the answer to that and then leave it there. I now am going to go out and find the answer to that. 
And so I will pursue the quantum world. I will pursue anything to do with understanding uh, vehicles or mediums as they call them, whether that's, you know, basically in options and futures and trading and now we have the cryptos and now we have wealth. And so I want to understand it at a, at a level that's much deeper than most people understand it because the way that most people do whatever it is they do with in, in terms of investing and money is is more incarcerating than it is freeing. And so for me to understand that and then be able to say, look, there is this alternative, you know, it's the whole matrix thing, you know, do you want the red pill or the blue pill? Um, and again, most people, even very, very successful people with money are still incarcerated by it. Yeah, I think that this is the getting to the roots of what's so different and special about working with, with you, Paul. Like I couldn't have imagined, you know, that it was going to go here. I actually read your books you know, a while before we actually, before we, we first spoke, but I still didn't really have any idea of the depth of where, you know, conversations would, would go. And I'm sure, you know, we're only a few months in. I know there's, there's a lot more. And I guess that's one of the differences as well, because you have continued to explore. There are so many different directions that our conversations go in and that learning can go in. Whereas if you were, you know, simply a trading specialist or even just, you know, focusing purely on wealth specialization, it's possible that I could achieve wealth and, and still not really have a good life. Um, because yeah, as you're saying, like people become incarcerated by their, by their wealth. Um, maybe we could touch a little bit on the relationship uh, side of things. I mean, there's, there's a lot more we could go into with personal you know, understanding of self and you've touched on the exploration type, which is part of the, the genius typing that um, we've been looking at. But the relationship side of things is something that we've started to speak more about recently. And I just downloaded actually on my Kindle one of the books that you recommended um, just last night. But those conversations that it sparked with my wife and, and sort of how I'm understanding my relationship with my children and our family dynamic is probably one of the things that I'm most excited about for where our connection is, is going. Um, can you touch on, you know, why, why that's part of what you do? Um, again, you know, um, there's so many things that you just opened up. Um, but just get back to that sort of, you know, the conversation and the idea of space. Um, yeah. Like there's lots and lots and lots of people out there saying that, you know, they're elite coaches and they're elite mentors and all of that sort of stuff. But when you, when you look at them, you know, they'll give you two half-hour phone calls each month, you know. Um, and, and what can you do? You can't do anything in a 15 or, you know. Um, mostly the conversation is taken up by the other side explaining uh, something. So, they, you know, they explain what's going on in 25 minutes and they're supposed to give you a five-minute answer. Um, and so, and that's it. They just don't have the space because they're so busy, 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 so trapped by their own thing. Where it, yeah. it really doesn't matter with me. You can have a you know two hour, three hour conversation, and that's that's again, it's all about space. But see, there's a you know the most difficult person to uh, bring along on a journey with you is generally the person that you live with. And if you think about 
um, energies and trajectories. And so let's say that one of you um, we will call A is, is travelling long life with, um, you know, re reasonable amount of comfort, a reasonable amount of, um, you know, social conditioning and, and whatever. And their trajectory in life is, is a horizontal line that's basically, um, you know, moving from A to wherever B is. And let's say you're wanting a little bit more. You're wanting to explore. You, you want, uh, you know, more of the things that you know are available. And so you, you start this learning program. And so your trajectory, let's say, um, is at a 45-degree uh, angle to, the let's say, the horizontal line. And there's this thing between you called a relationship. Now, if those trajectories remain the same, then there really is only three outcomes that can happen. And the most logical, uh, the most numerous um, outcome is that the relationship goes snap. Because one is doing the learning and one is not doing the learning. And if it continues along that, the second most common outcome is that the 45 degree angle has to come down and parallel the other person. And so that's living a relationship at the lowest common denominator, because if it was any lower than that, it would actually go snap. Now, the third and the only uh, other outcome is that the horizontal line at least changes direction to the uh, oblique line. It doesn't have to match the same height or the same skill as the oblique um, one, but that means that the relationship is not going to move further apart. And so that is the most harmonious because now both are learning. And one of the unfortunate things is that when people do a journey of learning, they often say to the partner, oh, look, you know, um, it costs X amount of money. Well, you, you better go and do it. And then, you know, you bring home um, and, and I'll be able to, to learn from you. Well, it sounds good in logic until you say, well, that's like saying you go to the movies and you have your experience of the movies and then you bring home that experience and then I'll be able to, or you go out and have this wonderful meal and this wonderful bottle of wine at the restaurant by yourself. And, and look, just to save money, you just bring that experience um, home to me. Um, it just doesn't make sense, does it? Well, why, why does it make sense in, in this um, way? And so, you know, Life is a fairly uh, one-dimensional thing if you uh, uh, are not sharing that. And then you can share that with intimate others, you can share that with children, you can share that with parents, except the social engineering that we have around that doesn't allow you to do that. And so we resort to this thing called right-way thinking and the logical extension of right-way thinking is death. It's the death of relationship. It's the death of opportunity. It's the death of freedom. It's the death of, uh, in, fact, in fact, it's the death of physical body. Why? Well, because nobody really teaches you how to have a relationship that can exist on the highest common denominator. They own, social engineering only ever teaches you how to have a relationship at the lowest common denominator because if it's any lower than that, it dissolves.
In other words, it, it breaks up in some, in some way, shape or form. And so why is that? Well, if I'm going to take people on a journey, then I would much rather have knowledge that can facilitate just about any area of their life, that can enrich just about any area of their life, should they want that um, offering. And so I don't necessarily offer it until it's, it's actually, it comes up in, in a conversation, which is why those conversations are so enriching, because who knows what we're going to talk about. It's not a formularized process. It's not a cookie-cutter process. It's not a, you know, you've got to squeeze yourself into this, um, you know, series of values of mine. It's about meeting people where they're at and enriching every aspect of it so that they can have the most uh, wonderful, most exciting, most fulfilled experience of that. They're still going to do the work, though. And so that's why I do it. You know, one of the sad things about um, my parents being deaf mutes, I was never able to have a conversation at the level that I wanted to have the conversation because sign language doesn't allow for conceptual thinking or abstract, abstract thinking. And a lot of children could have conversations with their parents if only they could get themselves out of their own way and their model of the world and their value systems and their thinking to go back and be the son or the daughter of the parent and not try and wrestle that away from them by, hang on, we live in a more modern world now, so we know more than you. And so that, that's that right way thinking and right way thinking only ever leads to arguments. Arguments only lead to death. I'm excited to explore more with my, my children, definitely, you know, in keeping with this conversation, your thoughts around space and um, relating to each other's. And it, it definitely cha has challenged me with, you know, the life that my children uh, are living and how I relate to them. Um, their well, relationship it's really, it's really, skills. It's, re it's really an interesting concept that um, we bring children in this world because we love them quote unquote. And then we immediately give them to people. We give them to strangers who spend more time with them than we ever do. And, and we give them to strangers and we don't really know their value systems. They've got no life experience and, and they're supposed to teach our children what exactly? Well, whatever they've learned through the system. And so there's nothing else in the curricula that is outside whatever is on the system. And so they spend more time in the custodial care of people who are complete strangers. We don't know what their values are. We don't know anything about them. We don't know what their life's experiences are. And somehow that, that you know, makes sense. Um, mm, I, I, just, I just don't know. School side of things is a question that comes up with us. Like Maya's six now and, yeah, we've sort of looked at different systems of learning, but then there's... One, there's a lot of space required if we're going to educate exactly. her. And then exactly. two, and and two, what's required is from, you know, you have to question, well, what am I going to teach? How am I going to teach it? How does it actually work? What's well, the learning just, process involved? Just uh, I'll share the setup of this farm, okay? Now, this is yep. not uh, a hippie commune or any, any stretch of that imagination. But um, when um, I was saying to people in Perth that, you know, in two years' time, this is where I will be, you know, and it was very, very clear about, um, you know, um, all that sort of stuff. 
And there was, there was a couple in there, three young children. They said, look, um, okay, so if that's where you're going to be, we want to be there as well. And, you know, we already had the land and, you know, the farm uh, sorted out and we'd been doing some um, exploration, you know, it's three years to basically identify this place. And, and they just knew that they weren't going to live there. So they had a 12-month program in place uh, to get themselves into a position where they could actually make the move from uh, West Australia to um, Tasmania. But they didn't have a place to go. And so I said, well, okay, there's an old dairy shed down there. Let's just, you know, knock that into a bit of shape and make it um, habitable. And so now they've been there for uh, three years, I think. And so this is um, a mother, uh, sorry, uh, um, mother and father or husband and wife and uh, three children who were, I think, uh, four, seven and eight. Well, they're now, you know, um, seven and the other, the other one's 11. And then um, another fella came to uh, live and say, so now there's like there's three separate, um, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> um, three, three separate living. It's all sort of, you know, in sheds and stuff like that. So it's all um, non-glamorous. But the kids coming from a capital city into a space that's almost like a village. Obviously, there's not enough of us to be a village. But they know that they can just walk up the hill and have a chat to the, you know, the old folks, the gumboot tossers. <laughs> they know that they can walk next door. Uh, they know that they've got mum and dad. They, they know that the fella up on the hill doesn't think like mum and dad and mum and dad doesn't want them to, you know, right. So um, they're being homeschooled, um, but they, they know they can come up and, you know, jump on all the machinery, um, you know, they get involved in everything that happens on the farm if they want to. So it's always a chance that they've got, you know, we've, we've got an extra horse, um, they get involved in hay season, all of that um, sort of stuff. But the experience that they are, are having, um, these couple have actually bought a farm about, I don't know, 15 minutes away. They bought that farm maybe two years ago and they were going to move out about two years ago and then they were going to move out about a year ago and then they were going to move out about six months ago and then they're definitely moving out by Christmas and now it looks like it's not until uh, February. <laughs> Again, because they know that once they separate, you know, the dynamic uh, changes. Um, and so, yes, it's not only the space to have it, it's the actually, it's the village um, sort of thing. So, um, you know, when we moved away from the village idea of bringing up children, where, you know, they, they, they had a, a series of social relationships from people who were their own age all through, you know, out to people who were... Uh, you know, their, uh, their maternal grandparents and things like that, but also, you know, people who are a little bit more old, elderly in, in the village and say, um, you know, what, what they say, it takes a village to raise a child. But nothing is disconnected. You know, they don't go into, you know, um, some anonymous building and get taught by, you know, somebody that stands out the front and, and you know, basically 
um, you know, um, asks them to remember a whole lot of stuff rather than experience a whole lot of stuff. Yes. So it is the space, but it also is about the community and the experiencing stuff rather than just the, memory, the remembering of stuff. Yep. Yeah, I'm excited for all the learning that is going to be required for me to, because there's a lot of stuff that I don't really know about. You know, I've specialised down my, you know, what I experienced over the last while. And, um, you know, I think their questions encourage me to become broader. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited for that journey ahead if, if we can manage to, um, you know, to work with our children in homeschool and, um, yeah, experience life on, on Sark together and then, you know, whatever other, other adventures come along the way. Um, yeah, there's a process um, that people follow, follow. There's a philosophy um, that they follow called unschooling, which, yeah. is, which is really, really interesting, you know. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating to see some of the results that uh, people get, in, even from the one family. You know, there's a family of six and, you know, one of them is a sort of a nuclear physicist somewhere and yet his brother, a year older, um, you know, didn't do anything other than drive tractors on the farm. <laughs> you know, so, but again, it's all done by choice and everybody is a valuable member of that family and it's a, such a loving and connected uh, family. Yeah, one of, one of my friends' uh, family does the unschooling approach, but I haven't, again, I haven't, like, found the space to really dive deeply into, the, mm, into mm. that area. Um, and I probably will, you know, it's been on my list of things to do for five or six years now. So, um, <laughs> you know, these conversations are encouraging me to actually go further with it and, and explore different ideas around and not just have it on the, I'll do it once I have the money and the, you know, the space exactly, and I don't yeah, have financial yeah, yeah. stress. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's called Sunday Isle. Exactly, yeah. Mm. That's yeah. So I know um, like how since we've arrived here, Paul, I'm having at least uh, so like a four-hour period where I'm exploring with the, with the children, and because we're in quarantine, we're not exploring very far. But it's funny with children; they don't really mind, you know. So we, you know, we can be in our little backyard um, courtyard that's got a bunch of little, you know, a few plants and a, a little space, and we can yep. be out there for hours and and not get bored. Yep, yep, in, in, introduce a microscope. Um, Riley just put a note there that said he was homeschooled. Riley, there's a new program on the ABC called uh, Ringer. You'll love it. <laughs> You'll love it. Um, all about the outback and, um, and capturing wild buffaloes up in the Northern Territory. Yeah, well, one, one of the guys, it's Adam Kavanagh, is recently tightly connected with uh, Real Movement, actually lives out in the outback in... In Queensland, he's been taming wild horses and lives, he's got a little teepee and he, he spent some time living with us on our farm last year. So he'd, um, yeah, he, he may end up being on one of those sorts of, he's doing a few reality TV shows because he really is living a, a bushman, you know, bush tucker man wild sort of life out there in, um, in country Australia. So he's a yeah, super interesting guy. Excellent. Um, If you'd love to experience the impact that Paul's teachings can have on your life and your future, use the link in the show notes.
to find out more.